Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of Day 4 with the man Frank Scalish. Frank, Here thanks for getting up extra early. We're recording this just a just a couple days early. I am currently up in Minnesota, Wabasha, Minnesota, for the Dick Hiley St. Jude Bass Classic. Uh, if you're watching this episode, go back and watch Monday's episode of BTO. We have Gretchen Simon on from St. Jude, uh, who talks about... Uh, raising over a million dollars just this year for a single event, Frank. Dude, isn't that crazy? That's so yeah. good, though. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah, it is. I'm, uh, I'm it's looking event, around. How far, are you, how far are you from? You're from a ways from like pool four, five, six in oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty good haul for me. I was gonna say that's a uh, that should be on everyone's bucket list as a thing to do. It is the most well-run tournament that I have ever been a part of. I would to see how much we've run or how much they've raised over the entire history of it. Yeah, first tournament was in 1999. They raised eleven thousand, and then I fished it last year. We raised seven hundred thirty-five thousand. Total over 5.8 million. So this is over. We're approaching $7 million. We are. They are. I've only fished it two years. $7 million in uh, donations to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. That's just from one tournament. From one tournament. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, um, all the tournament trails guys fish and all the tournaments guys fish. If you think about it, that's that's an extraordinary amount of money for, for an event. It absolutely is. Uh, something else that went to a good cause was the Bass Fishing uh, Hall of Fame auction that took place with the induction ceremony uh, last week. I was there, got to watch uh, Mike Iaconelli get inducted along with Bruce Holt, uh, his family members, and then Glenn Andrews. Uh, he's like 93 years old. He was there uh, for his introduction there, but a great time had by all along with that was the auction. Uh, that <coughs> excuse me that's all right dude that you uh graciously donated a drawing a one of one autograph drawing did you see how much that went for frank i did not i did not <laughs> it, it opened at 50 dollars. fair enough and then just days before it was at like 175 180 take it do you want to take a fair guess on what it went for i will say Four hundred and twenty-five. Very close. Three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Excellent. You helped raise those. Thank you to the BTL and Day Four listeners who uh, bid on that item to get it up to three hundred seventy-five. Not as much as the fish with Ben Milliken, which went for five fifteen thousand five hundred fifty dollars for a day with Ben Milliken. <laughs> oh my gosh! Was that a one individual or was that a corporate? Donation. I don't know. Do you know, I don't know. I know it was, I know it, I don't, I do not, ha- I'm not privy to that information on who is actually doing the bidding. That right? is but absolutely 15, five. <laughs> that's, that's astronomical. dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. There might be a little bit more than bass fishing involved with that day. You might be like, Hey, you're taking me to a steak dinner also for 15, five. <laughs> it's right. And I get a bottle of bourbon <laughs> Yeah, and one of your swim baits. Uh, Correct. Also, the BTL experience went for two thousand dollars. So that's the oh, very good day crappie fishing, cleaning the fish, and co-hosting BTL for a day. Very good. So So, does that mean when I come down in January, I got to pay you money? No, no, you're good. You're a you're a money maker, Frank. 
Uh oh. <laughs> uh -oh. So, uh, I appreciate so that. Uh, interesting show today. First of all, have you have you gotten back on the bass bandwagon, or are you still off in left field chasing crappie every day? No, I put the crappie sticks down. I I am now um, on the prowl for the old greenies, man. So because it is know. that it is that transitional time of the year. We are in the beginning of October. And oh, yeah. uh, we basically just would you say we have made our way through the most difficult time of the year to to pattern and catch bass. And we are now kind of getting back towards yeah. a time of the year that is, uh, for lack of a better term, enjoyable. Well, yeah, <laughs> enjoyable and <clears throat> predictable <laughs> and productive <laughs> and productive. So, yes, I would say that after, you know, that 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 early transition period is a little funky, but. It can be good. It can be really good, actually. But it's a it's a tricky time because everything's changing constantly. But now the temperatures are dropping. The days are really getting super short. Um, the bass are where they want to be. Um, and the predictability of them becomes a, a, a little better now. So it, the fishing is going to be just, for me, from now until the lake freezes, it's going to be outstanding. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And that area of Ohio where you're at, that lake freezes anywhere from November to January, depending on weather the year, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. There's sometimes, um, you know, when you're we're ice fishing by Thanksgiving and sometimes when we're not even able to get on the ice all year. Um, I would hate to be a tackle store owner up here trying to buy ice fishing stuff because it is very like it, like you could have a season where you go light on ice fishing and then we pound the ice and they have no stuff they have no tackle to sell or conversely mm -hmm. they go heavy on the ice fishing stuff and we have two weeks of solid ice and then they don't sell hardly anything it's do, a real that's a very volatile game here do you guys ice fish erie is there enough ice that gets on Erie where you can get out on the Great Lake and actually catch a few? Oh, yeah, 100%. But um, I don't walk out on Lake Erie ever. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Shifting I don't, ice I just, plates? Yeah, I had a buddy of mine that got, they got stuck out there overnight on a, on a drifting ice plate. Um, Holy cow, how did that go down? They're fishing. Yeah, they're fishing. The biggest you know, half a mile chunk breaks off. All of a sudden they're, you know, vertical jigging and there's a lot of current in the hole and their lines going sideways. And they realized that they were deep doo-doo and it broke away from the main and they couldn't get back. And so they wound up getting rescued in the morning. Like helicopter? Airboats. Really? They do, they do both. They do helicopters and airboats. But what happened in the old days, this is hilarious. And I say the old days. It was not the old, old days. It was probably like 10 or 12 years ago. They would they would helicopter out, get the guys, or airboat out, get the guys, throw their equipment, bring it back, drop them off, and those guys would walk right back out. So they no made vision. a rule. They made a rule now that if you if you get rescued off the ice, A, you're paying for it where you didn't pay for it before. A, you're paying for it. And B, you have to leave all of your equipment on the ice. Nothing comes back with you. So 
it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I got it right here. This would have to be it. Dozens rescued from Lake Erie Ice. There they oh, yeah. are walking on the ice. There's the airboats. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I um, I don't go out there, dude. I don't like it. You see, was that it, Catawba Island? Yeah, these guys. I don't know which which part of the lake my buddies were on. I think they yeah. were more central basin related. Um, but the reality of it is, is you pound gigantic walleyes, big perch. I mean, the fishing is fabulous. Um, if you're an ice fishing person, uh, you'd almost be remiss to miss a shot at that because you literally catch. I mean, it's very prolific, but me, I'm, I'm inland guy, uh, ice fishing. I want to see thick ice. I want to see land. <laughs> Not that, you know, and, and those are, that's like some of the cracks that happen and then you can't get, you can't get back. Yeah. So here's a guy, right? Here's people right here that were fishing and then this crack happened and now they're stuck on the ice. Correct. And that, and that's the, pro that's the problem with, with Lake Erie. Um, you know, remember Lake Erie has tons and tons of current. So what happens is it, Lake Erie replenishes its entire water supply every three years. Yep. So, so think about that's a, that's an enormous amount of current to literally replace the entire. And that's going water. on underneath, even when it's frozen. Correct. It never stops. The current never stops. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying don't go ice fishing out there. Um, there's plenty of guides, um, that have all the equipment to keep it safe. Um, they, even the guides have airboats. So, you know, if you hire a guide out there, it's probably the best way to go. Um, because you won't get stuck because they have the right equipment. Venture out on your own and you're on your own, you know, you know what these are then. Yeah. Those are ice picks. Yeah, you put these things. I got I got these from the Crappie Chronicles, guys. Let's see if I can do this. I got multiple cords. Now I'm gonna end up with these ice picks stuck in my headphones. I know. But <laughs> you walk around you walk around like that. I got these when I went and did the Crappie Chronicles a couple years ago. And then if you go in, boom. You, right. You pull them and out got, and you stick them on got the picks ice. And you go poop. And that keeps you from going down. And then you can use it to Right. And you'd be surprised how many people don't carry those on the ice. Um, and here, look, I've, I went through the ice once and <clears throat> I will tell you this. Okay. I have a, I have a float suit that I wear yeah. ice fishing float suit. So when I went through the ice, I really didn't go under the, the suit kept me, you know, chest above the water, mm -hmm. but getting back on the ice. Cause I didn't have picks back then. Getting back on the ice, you, you're you're like a grease seal trying to get out of the water. <laughs> you know, it just it's tough. It's really tough to, but the picks make it real easy because now you got some traction and some leverage. So, you know, it's a pretty good safety tool to have for sure. Yeah, and I didn't have the uh, I had the insulated bibs and stuff, but I didn't have the flotation suit because Afco doesn't have a float suit yet. Right. Uh so they were like, yeah, every anytime you're on the ice, you're wearing those. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, you know, ironically enough, my float suit, th th today's float suits, my old one was a Coast Guard. 
flotation suit, which you're like <clears throat> the Pillsbury Doughboy. You know <laughs> what I mean? Waddling out there. Yeah, they're not. They weren't. They weren't for activity. They were for pure rescue. Right. And so you know, but the new ones today, they're more like snowmobile suits. They're fitted a little nicer. They're a little easier to walk around and you get brought around one in. when we crappie fish last winter. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. So I use, you know, my I, mine's a striker, but um, I like it because it's insanely warm. Um, and I wear it, I wear it once the water temperature, you know, gets into the low fifties and the air temperature is below that. I wear them constantly, even in the bass boat, just fishing because I've also fallen in, I've fallen in in January off the side of the boat and, um, it's really not a good idea. (laughs) I, I would agree with that. Uh, one of the things when it comes to, wait till you see this transition, ice fishing, wintertime fishing, a lot of times, from my experience, you're using small baits. <laughs> We're talking little baits, big bass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I've been waiting to work that one in for uh, 13 minutes and 43 seconds, Frank. But that and is I've, been, I've, been, I've been stalling on it, waiting for it. <laughs> That is well. I, I mean, sometimes you go down a wormhole, and I'm interested in it. I had had. Not, I mean, I th- I think I in I've heard of the guys getting uh, stuck out there, but oh yeah. I mean, the, the fact that it's a reality that like, hey, you know, we might we might be floating around a great lake here on a chunk of ice, like it's ice age oh, yeah. three. It's a reality. Yeah, <laughs> ice <know>. age three. <laughs> but uh, big big bass, little baits, and well, go on. No, I was just gonna say that that was what we were talking about today and then give the floor to you (laughs) well we're gonna go back and forth on this floor um obviously there's very obvious little baits that everybody knows everybody throws um probably the most known is the ned rig Mm -hmm. um you know the ned rig has been around for quite a while by now and um it's a tiny, you know, you know what it is. It's just a little tiny mini dinger, essentially. Yep. And it's, and it catches a lot of fish. Um, I rely on it a lot lately, uh, especially in, you know, some of the cleaner lakes that I fish. I rely on it a lot. Um, the other small baits that everybody, especially now, Great Lakes finesse, holy smokes. I mean, um, they're, they're making a, they're making a killing on, little tiny baits, you know, the drop shot minnow, the snap craw, um, that, that is coming on like gangbusters, but you know, everybody, everybody is like, well, yeah, that's smallmouth stuff. Uh, but it's not just for smallmouth. I mean, you catch large mouth and spotted bass, everything else on them. So, you know, that's that snack cross tiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tiny a drop bait. minnow. And so is the drop minnow. Um, in fact, the drop minnow is small enough where it it's actually a decent crappie bait. Um, but it catches gigantic bass. I mean, it just really does. Um, so a lot of the, you know, the four-inch finesse worm. Um, when I was coming up the pipe, the four-inch finesse worm was the small bait. Well, that and remember the French fry, the original French fry. Is um, that still made by anybody? I 
I thought Zoom made the French fry. Back yeah, is there day. no uh, is there no uh, equivalent? I I'm sure I, I probably the three inch dinger and the four inch dinger I would say, but um, but here here's another thing the the first tiny bait was the do nothing worm. Remember that thing? It's just a little little stick of a worm with two hooks in it. Yep. Um, pre-rigged. It was a pre-rigged worm. The thing was tiny. Um, those were the originals, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, so okay. and the, and and here, don't we can't overlook grubs. Yep. Um, back in the day, I fished a ton of grubs, slowly swimming them, little two and three inch grubs. Um, you know, they even have the the the, the tubes. Uh, they even had the have the micro tubes and stuff that we used to fish a lot of bass with. So and then back, oh yeah, there's a bait, dude. Um, I think Venom used to make it. Um, the Superdew. It was a tiny little solid bodied piece of plastic, but it had like ten tentacles off the back. How, did like you, a, how do you say it? Super, super how do you spell that? A, a super. Yeah. And then do is in probably do or doo i would guess and it was just a little bitty thing oh yeah it was it was a tiny little dude and we used to uh flip those things and we used and we used there it is there it is and well that's the five inch but in the beginning it was a little guy and so like it took a one-odd hook you know what i mean and we used to put that on a, a 507 underspin. You push the button, click, and then you pitch it mm-hmm. out there. So you could pitch it on 20-pound test line and throw it on a 116-ounce slip sinker. Um, back, back, way back when I was just started, That's that was a huge technique here. And um, we caught them, and we caught good ones. I mean good, good ones um, on it. Uh, subsequently, as time goes on, trends change, you know, fishing techniques change. Um, forward facing sonar is brought back tiny baits again. Look at the Damiki rig. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of guys are throwing little tiny minnow imitators on Damikis, um, based and predicated off of the forward facing sonar. We're back, back when I was doing it, we would vertically do it over 2D sonar. Um, and you know, and you, and you'd have to, and they'd have to be deep because you know how it is. Sometimes, when you're vertical on fish, if the water's super clear or very shallow, the minute you touch your trolling motor, you can see the fish scatter. And yeah. so, you know, so so things change. Uh, some of my some of my favorite baits. This is going to be. I'm going to show you some crankbaits okay. that some of them aren't made anymore. Some of them are. Um, that are absolutely, they're in my boat today. In fact, I, I pulled all a bunch of boxes. I I pulled a bunch of boxes out of my boat. I even have another box out of my reach. Um, I just pulled them out of the boat and I still fish these today. I still catch fish on them today. So when we're talking crankbaits and we're talking little crankbaits, there are certain times of the year where these cannot be beat. They just excel. So the first part of the year that is a little bit tricky, I want to say, I'm going to say 
after the spawn, but that's really not accurate. It's after the hatch. It's when you start to see all the balls of little tiny bait, little tiny bluegills, little tiny bass. They're still balled up. These little crankbaits are, are murder because everything is small in the system. And believe it or not, the other time of year is about right now, at least mm -hmm. where I live. Um, the, the bait fish aren't growing big. The bass are keying in on little tiny one-inch stuff. And, and our lakes are in drawdown. Some of them have been drawn down already. Some of them are still coming down. Um, one of my favorite little baits is the, the, the C76 Big O. Um, this bait is small here oh i don't have my ruler up here this Watch bait hook, is uncle frank yeah i got you man this bait is tiny this is g mm -hmm. finish um this color here is not made anymore this is g finish this bait is probably an inch and a quarter inch and a half maybe dives down four to six feet a lot of guys will throw it on a spinning rod because they can't throw it on a bait caster um I've caught some monster bass here. I'll give you an idea how small this bait is. This hook is a number 10. Oh, wow. On it. Yeah, that's a little baby bait. So how do you how do you determine, let's say you get to the lake, uh, you've got your standard stuff, but you want to determine the size of, of bait that the bass are keying on because that's the, the biggest is, is not only identifying the forage, but then the size of the forage. Right. So they can attack it. How do you determine, hey, I need to tie on a little crankbait like that? I need to to maybe Demiki rig a 2.75 inch uh, Great Lakes finesse drop shad. I need to t use something small. Like what is the best way to figure out what the size of the bait fish are? Or a lot of assume it. Well, a lot of times you'll see the bait, um, especially on especially on lakes that get drawn down because when they start to pull the water, all the bait goes to the bank. Well, not all of it, but mo a majority goes to the bank. Points, secondary points, shallow flats um, start to get bait fish movement on them, and then like you'll cast your lure like a spinner bait. You'll cast your spinner bait up there, and you'll see the shad how they mm -hmm. and bust out of the water. Well, you could see if they're big or not, because they if they're not big, it looks like raindrops going. Okay. You know, when it, when they're big and you do that and they scatter, you get V wakes and some pop out of the water and you can literally see them. Um, that's a really big sign. The other thing is, is if you're throwing conventional tackle and you're catching one here and one there and you know there's more bass in the area, it's a good idea to downsize it um and check it out that's that's how that's actually how th this tiny big o um came to play i was actually fishing a tournament on a drawdown lake and i was throwing the the um regular size big o which i have here the c77 here i'll show you the difference oh wow Yep. Okay. This is the nor this is a C77 which is a small bait in itself. But then you look at the the little one. I mean, it's there's a big difference in mm -hmm. size. So I was throwing this, my buddy was throwing this and he started catching them behind me and so then I had to go to the small one. And that's how we figured that out. It was a team event. So my buddy um Dennis, okay. you know, 
started catching them on the little one. And then I'm like, we better be throwing these. Um, another bait that doesn't get a lot of attention is the, uh, and I'm going to show you another, another, well, okay. When I get unhooked here, hey, I'm going to show you with all the hooks and fast movement. Well, these just came, well, these just came right out of my boat. So, so this viral is, moment here. Right. So now you have to pay attention. This is a Norman deep baby N. Okay. Okay. This is a fish catching beast of a machine right here. The deep baby N. Now this is the big O C 77. They're very similar in size, but you can see the big O is just a tiny bit smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. So an old, a very old school bait that, we used to throw back in the day was the deep tiny n which is right there so you could see that not that deep, much bigger but it is bigger but still small it's very small so here the deep tiny n aka everybody knew this as the crappie crankbait back in the day so if you look at the tiny big o compared to it they're about the same size Mm -hmm. You follow me? So the big thing with this, I'm going to, I'm going to do a bait hack right now for you guys. This is going to blow your mind. So this bait is tiny. It's an inch, inch and a half. Maybe it's tough to throw on a bait caster, but because Normans are made out of butyrate and then they're dipped in gel coat, it's a little bit heavier. So it's e way easier to throw on a bait caster than the big O. Okay. The little tiny big O. Um, but what I'll do is because some, there's sometimes where as the water gets colder, I want to slow the baits rise down a lot and I want to give it a little bit more heaviness so I can cast it easier. So usually I'm throwing this on eight pound fluoro. And so what I'll do is, and I, I picked my Chrome and blue one out to show you. So what I did was you see the white tape on the belly. Mm-hmm. You also notice I got some lead wrap on the hook. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, underneath this tape is also lead. It's lead tape. And so underneath, I put the white over it because the lead tape is gray, and I wanted the white belly on this. And so what that does is this gives this bait a little bit more weight. It becomes really super easy to throw. and it rises very slow. So now as the water co cools down, I can fish this almost as like a suspender. So I can get it through, you know, over the shallow stuff. And then when you come off that first ridge, you know, that first invisible zone where you can't yep. hardly see like the that bottom three anymore. to five foot. hundred percent. Then I come over there and I kill it for a couple seconds and then start reeling it in again. You'd be how you'd be surprised how many bites come on the pause like that with this bait. Will you walk us through that then on on like what exactly like what type of lead wrap that is if people want to do that like how they Yeah, so this so so uh, what's on the hook? Whoa, 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 where oh, am I? Oh, whoa, whoa, there you go. So what's on the hook? It's really it's just nymph lead. You can get at any fly fishing shop or any shop that sells fly materials. It's nymphing lead. And I think this is 0.15. Um, they make all kinds of thicknesses, all the, like all the way to, you know, 0.30. But 
you're talking real fat at that point. So I use the thinner one on, on the hook because I don't want it. What I don't want to do is I don't want to hurt the action of this bait because mm-hmm. it's critical. It's a great action. Um, and then the belly, I'm going to pull this tape off here. Okay. Sacrificing one for the. Yeah, I'm going to sacrifice it. I, I don't like to do this because once I put this electrical tape well, you on. Have, you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, we have to. I serve the fan, man. Okay. I just was curious because it looked good, but there's always well, a feel of, well, how do I make mine look like it and make sure that the same thing is going on with the. Okay. So it's, it's on pretty good. Um, so here's the deal. So okay. all it is, it's, it's the, it's the same, uh, it's golf. It's, it's lead golf tape or it's flat lead nymphing weight. If you get it at a fly shop which would be probably way less expensive than getting it at a fly shop than a golf shop. But basically it's lead tape and it looks like a one inch piece of tape and one side sticky and one side is lead. And so then I just cut it three sixteenths of an inch wide and the length of the body. And you have to set, where, where are you? Um, Go, go to, go to, Go go to um lead go go to a fly shop go to lead uh, lead tape fly fishing okay but yeah the ro- the roll stuff is what they what you were looking for but sometimes you got to beware because the golfer's tape is a little thicker a little heavier um so you want to you want to go to uh, lead nymph lead nymph tape. That's a weird thing to Google. Yeah, I know. I know. But, Uh, hey, we're talking tiny baits, man, and I'm doing a bait hack. I should have brought my camera like that. Yeah. Yeah, lead tape. Racket waiting tape. That's a a racket waiting tape. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. Half inch by 36 inches. Yeah, that's exactly. I got gotcha. you. Okay, and so you just you just do a three sixteenth inch, the length of the body. But you notice that I, I have it. I cut it before the right before. Yeah, you the tapered it head. so it kind of right, follows I, the shape of the body and looks somewhat natural. Correct. And then I just use the white electrical tape over it because what that'll do then is that hides the hides the lead okay so that's just white electrical tape yeah and it and we've and it won't come off okay it's unbelievable it doesn't it just doesn't come off doesn't affect the action if you do it right and you do it balanced no it just makes it it more castable and a little bit more suspending yeah 100 percent. and it and it'll cast for you on a bait caster which which is critical for me because i'm I know there's a lot of guys that throw the little light stuff, even the tiny little jerk baits, which we'll get into here in a minute, on spinning rods. I don't have an issue with that. I don't want to throw it on a spinning rod. And so I won't. I I have feel like I have more control with the bait caster in this situation. Um I can be real subtle with my movements. It's just more natural for me. So I, I prefer to throw the bait caster. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and that's what I do. The other thing now, now we'll transition over into the tiny jerkbait stuff, you know, like the, um, the pointer 78, um, all those little, you know, little three inch or less jerk baits. One of my all time favorites is the Excalibur, uh, XT three. This one I painted myself by the way. Nice. But the little Excalibur, um, XT three, it's actually a three inch bait. Actually, if you measure from, from the tail hook hanger to the line tie, it's three inches and one eighth. Um, this is a deadly, deadly, deadly suspending jerk bait. Um, sad to see it go away when back in the day, this bait's been discontinued forever. Um, really sad to see it go away it has it had it's just got so many good attributes to it i catch so many giant bass on it um and like i said there's other small jerk baits out there that behave the same way do the same thing um and they're usually the three inch or less ones um it they're just phenomenal I, I don't, I, I can honestly tell you, I cannot count how many four pound plus bass I have caught on this bait. I have no idea. I catch tons of them on it. Um, now, I'm usually fishing that early spring, late fall, winter, um, cold water periods, bait fish are small, bass are keen in on small bait. Um, that's traditionally when I'm fishing it. Like, I'm not... I'm not live scoping summertime brush pile bass with this um, mm -hmm. because they're going to want their metabolism is much higher. They're going to want a big piece of food. Um, they're burning up calories faster. Uh, so their metabolism's faster. They're looking for money meals is what I call them. Money meals. Um, you have to remember in cold water periods, the bass's metabolism goes down they still feed, but they don't have to feed as much because they're not having that caloric burn that they have in the warm water, warm water. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you got to keep these factors in place. Now, bass are opportunistic predators, so no bass is going to pass up an easy meal, whether it's hot out or cold out. It doesn't matter. Um, they're just not going to pass it up because they're opportunistic predators. So they will gobble it up. But I've seen them prefer different size baits, um, especially I, I started noticing this first. I'll tell you when I really noticed it first. Spinnerbait fishing. Um, a little. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I have a, I have some favorite spinner baits um that i throw and i noticed that the ohio river was the big lesson learner for me on on bait fish size okay um i used to go out there with the half ounce spinner bait um slow roll the thing and i would catch a lot of fish on it and then i went down this one stretch and the ohio river is real funky because there's years when it'll have submergent vegetation and years when it doesn't it's all predicated on spring rains dirty water conditions blah 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 so we happen to have a clear we had clear water episodes we got good grass on this one pool and i go down the grass bed and i'm slow rolling my half ounce spinner bait and whoa, flash comes out of the grass he t-bones the bait and i don't have them happens again 
and I don't got, I don't have them. And I realized that bass were hitting the blade, the blades of the spinner bait. I dropped down to a quarter ounce spinner bait and absolutely mauled them. They were choking on the thing. So that's when I, that's when I first, and this is, we're talking decades ago. That's mm -hmm. when I realized that, that the, the size of your lure you have to pay attention to what the bass are telling you because you could be you could be in the right area and completely miss the boat by being a either too large with your bait or b too small with your bait. So yeah, I always pay attention to that. And then of course the obvious factor is when you flip a bass in your boat, and sometimes you know how you flip them in the boat, they bounce on the carpeting and they regurgitate a bait fish. Yep. I always look at it to see how long that bait fish is. Um, if they're tiny, I'm I'm making switches right like now. So just some of the you know some little little tricks, little tricks and tips. Are you frozen? No, let me see if I can pull <laughs> this up. Uh, it's very interesting. You talked about this. I totally forgot about this, and uh, <clears throat> I remember now. So I finished eleventh. I was actually eighth going into the third day. I made the cut. The cut day was when they did 12, two years ago on Neely Henry in the Bassmaster Open. And it was tough, tough, tough. And I got on a 0.5, RC 0.5 bite. And what, what jogged my memory was I was yeah. down lake fishing riprap and that three to five foot range, as soon as that little bitty 0.5 went out of sight, it would just load up. And that got me through, uh, through the entire time. And you can see like little, you know, let me see if I can show it. I was pulling up the video to see. Oh, you have, do you have bait fish bouncing on the deck of your boat? When, when the bass came in? Look, see that little bitty crankbait? Oh yeah. Little bitty crankbait. Uh, and I was throwing a jerk bait, but you can see here it is right here. I'm cranking, cranking, boom. The sucker gets out of sight. There it is. I mean, we're not talking giants here. I mean, I catch a giant doing it, but uh I mean this is in the open. There it is right there. There's a spot with that little That's money, dude. That little bitty 0.5 crankbait. And then even before, like I'm casting it up. you know, up in between docks, getting it down in that three to four foot range, hit something, hit something, boom, load up on that. Yeah, but that... I'm throwing it on 10 pound test. Yep. Just like you said, I'm throwing it on a seven foot medium action. I've got the hooks. I land it. You'll see it here in a second. I go absolutely bonkers. There it is. See that little <laughs> plug stuck on his yeah. mouth. <laughs> You got to love it, man. Yeah, but just little, little plug. Yeah, and they get, back. they get, you know, it gets overlooked today because, like I said, trends. Um, we have a whole new game in front of us today with all mm -hmm. this sonar and everything. So there's a lot of old techniques that are kind of waning, um, not because they don't work, because it's not cool anymore. And there's other ways that guys are fishing now and they're being very successful at it. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean the old school isn't successful.
because it is. And so, you know, this is, you got to kind of mix the new with the old to keep current, I Mm -hmm. guess would be for lack of a better word. I agree. If you were to get any of this stuff, uh, banners. Yeah. BTL 23 capital, all capital. The lure net loyal listener code is capital BTL 23, 15% off of all regularly priced items. Now you'll find, you'll find the big O's in, in all three sizes. You'll find the um, deep tiny N and the deep baby N under Norman. Um, but you will not find, and very sadly to say, you will not find the XT3 because Excalibur doesn't exist anymore. You can probably eBay those. Yeah, good luck. Are they? I've, are they... I've, I've already been on down that train. I've got as many as I could possibly get. Look at how nice that paint job reflects. <laughs> that is. What so, is it? That is so. What shabby. is the name of it? The Excalibur what? XT3. You, and you have to be careful because there's a there's an XT4 as well. Excalibur XT3. Here it is. I found one. Why is that so giant? <laughs> no, it's zoomed uh, it's zoomed into 500. There's an Excalibur XT3D, which is stands for deep, I'm guessing. Right, that's the deep version, which actually goes probably about three feet deeper. And I have those two; those are good as well. Hundred twenty-five bucks. Yeah, like I said, good luck with that. I've I've gone through hell on earth to find these things, literally. Um, the the um. The pointer seventy eight is is its duplicate probably, and they're still made today. There's just something about this this bait that's just got the right. It's right. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. They're hard to find. So there it is. There it is. Big bass on little baits. And the good thing is you can also double these up. These are great. You've done pond fishing, bag oh, fishing yeah. stuff too. These oh. are all great for that. You can use them for white bass. You could use them for all sorts of stuff. But hey, let me show you this. Place. This, this C77 Big O right here. Yep. I You all know that I steelhead fish, fly rod, fly fish for steelhead. Um, when I'm in a hurry and don't want to play games, um, I'll go to the river with this bait and my my uh, 725 Powell cranking, <laughs> and I'll go maul the steelhead on this bait right here. It's probably it, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. I mean, it, because the steelhead go out to the main lake and they feed on alewives and emerald shiners their entire life, and then when you go, they come in the river and you throw them this thing that looks just like an alewife or an emerald shiner. They mm-hmm. can't handle it, and they crush it. And my steelhead buddies get so pissed at me because <laughs> I've taken the purity out of the game. <laughs> You're not swinging something in the current. Oh, I'm trucking these little crankbaits on 12-pound fluoro and jacking them. <laughs> They're like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> I love it. That season's coming up. Oh, it's it's on us now. We got an early run already. 
I we did. You. We got an early run, but I'm not chasing them things. I got bass to catch first. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to? You need to get in here, Frank, before we wrap up today's big bass little bait show with a touch of ice fishing. A touch of a touch of tr- tragedy and and <laughs> and drama. No, yeah. I'm good. I I think we're good. I I loved it. All right, we're shooting super early in the morning, so thanks for thanks for jumping up, getting on early, getting no the biggie. cup of joe. I mentioned, uh, I was, did I say that last time? I mentioned Black Rifle uh, on the show with Zaldane. They sent me like a mug, and they sent outstanding. Me, they sent me like a hundred and eighty K cups in like Perfect. five different flavors. So I'm I'm good to I, go. Uh, I'm loaded I, uh, to the cork with Black Rifle coffee. Yeah, and I have. I think this is fire. Fireman's Brew, or what's mm-hmm. the one? Firehouse, I think it's called. What yeah. is it? Yeah. All right. Wow. I'm looking at it. I found one that's used 20 bucks. I think I've got some. I think I might have a, a little uh, uh, small jerkbait box that has six or seven of those stashed away in one of the compartments Ooh, that I'll have we're to. Gonna, we're going to have to talk. I'm going to have to go in and dig that out. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. Uh, We'll be back live next Thursday, October twelfth. I haven't, uh, I haven't made this announcement. I'll make this announcement now. I am, uh, I'm not going to the final Bassmaster Open on the uh, Harris Chain of Lakes. That would have been the first day of comp. This well, next Thursday will be the first day of competition. So I could either let everyone tune in and see live that I'm not there, or let people know a week in advance. Basically, just after uh, eight events, I'm out of it in the points. I'm headed up to. Uh, Minnesota this whole week for that Dick Kylie St. Jude Bass Classic so I would miss all of practice I wouldn't be able to get back down there until Tuesday which would only give me one day of practice on that fishery plus an additional four to five thousand dollars between plane tickets and driving there and lodging right. so well and theoretically you're you, you say one day but theoretically it's a half a day yeah yeah, theoretically it is a half. Well, I would have gotten in like half a Tuesday by the time I when I looked at flights and then I would have had to leave my boat down there and fly up to Minnesota and then I'd have been at Minnesota with no uh tackle. Yeah. So nah. it just it wasn't it wasn't uh good. So I guess I accomplished one goal this year, Frank. I weighed in a limit every day of the opens that I competed in. There you go. Which is a hard it's hard enough to do anyway. Yeah. I think four of the uh sixteen days I caught five fish. exactly five that's all right that's okay and then some of the days i blistered them but it'll be interesting to see who makes the uh yeah it's tight it's still pretty tight yeah we'll have a we'll have a we'll we'll maybe have a little bit of a look in there uh when we get next thursday yeah yep next thursday so all right this has been another edition of day four with the man frank scalish Big bass, little baits. What will we think of next? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe forward-facing sonar. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll either gain a bunch or lose a bunch, but we'll get feedback. That's guaranteed for sure on that. Exactly. All right, Frank, have a good day. Thanks for jumping on this morning. We'll see everybody next Monday. We'll be back live, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Listen, hey, if you're a fan of Frank Scalish, the show, Day 4 and BTL, do me a favor. If you're watching this on YouTube, you have to sign in, make a Google account, sign into it, subscribe to the show. That way you know whenever we go live, whenever a new BTL uh, comes out, hit the little bell notification. Also, give us a thumbs up. That helps with the algorithm. Comment on it. And if you're listening on iTunes, 
give us a review, a five, four, three, two, or one star review. Uh, and then also leave a comment. We're over 2,000 reviews there. That is big when we're coming into the time of the season when we're renewing contracts for 2024, which will allow us to bring you many more day fours with Frank Scalish and BTLs. And to continue on this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful event. Whatever you want to call this. <laughs> All right, Frank. See ya.